for you to have lived, you know, broken for so long, and then to come into this this um, culture and relationship, and to make such a positive change, that you know, you feel good in that, and it's hard to let that even that part go. You know, you 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 wonder if you you become dependent upon that, and the reality is. You gave us the tools. You helped us to break things down and see things differently. Um, but you also gave us the tool. You didn't You didn't just say, come here and you'll feel good in this hour that you're with me. And then now you go back out to the world until you come back to me and you won't feel this good again. But you mm-hmm. gave us the tools for us to be able to come and to change that, that reality for us every single day of the week versus um, being dependent upon coming into a session with you. Mm-hmm. That we have absolutely, we're equipped with what we need to go out in the world and be the person that we want to be. Hey y'all, welcome back to Boundaries and Grace. My name is Taylor Chandler and I'm your host. I'm a licensed therapist and I help people break negative relationship cycles. Today I have Tamika who did groups, she did one-on-ones, she's done some free workshops with me and so she's going to give you a lot of really good information about what it is that she did and what it is that you're going to need in order to move through this work in the most effective and positive way for you. So I think she has a lot to share, especially about reprogramming your brain. We're talking about reprogramming your brain talk about the fear of backsliding and how to get over that okay how to let go of this coaching relationship that we develop and how to really trust yourself to make the best decisions for yourself as you go forward all right we're gonna talk about a lot of different things and so i hope that you have your notes ready because she's gonna drop a whole lot of gems on you today i will see you in the middle and i will see you at the end thanks for listening hi my name is tamika and um, I've attended a few um, free workshops as well as groups, and I most recently completed one-on-one. And actually, now when you said that, I didn't remember that. You were, were you a camera-off person in the workshop? Um, I think initially I was. Um, I, you know what? In the, the very first workshop, yes. And um, and I think eventually. Um, I think you may have called my name, and so I ended up coming on camera. So I was a little comfortable after a while, but I think initially I was a camera off. Thank you for just telling us the truth. Because before we go into the <laughs> questions that I that I have, can you actually speak to that in any way? I don't know. I don't have a specific question for it. I just want to know about that in itself because, of course, like I am on Zoom all the time talking to strangers. And so mm-hmm. for me, and then so not on top of that is just like the frequency of it. But then we also have personality differences that it's just okay. not as comfortable or something. Like a lot of people don't actually seek out being in that kind of position. Mm-hmm. And so it's always helpful for me to know, to, to be reminded what it's like to not want to turn on the camera. Yeah. And I also think that it would be helpful for other people who have who are who are going to listen to this and who have been in that same position and still won't turn on the camera or who want to who have been hearing this thing. And they're like, oh, my gosh, workshops, all this stuff, groups and one on ones. But it's a fear of being seen and stuff like that. So can you speak to that and, and what it was like when you did turn on your camera and then doing work with people in group with your camera on where you I, I re- so for those of you that don't know, for workshops and stuff. 
I don't require that people turn their cameras on, although I do strongly encourage it. And I've become, I've gotten a lot more direct about that. And still, it's not a requirement, like you're not getting kicked off. But with group, I require you to turn on your camera. And so with all of that being said, Tamika, can you just speak a bit to that and what that means for you? Yeah. Um, And like you and my my work life, I'm on Zoom, I'm on camera all the time. Um, And that's a different space for me. Um, It's a safer space for me. Mm -hmm. Um, When we start talking about relational things, um, there are certain vulnerabilities that I believe that are around that. So when I first got on the um, the workshop, I was, I was, it was so much going through my head. I was thinking, well, who's on the other line? You know, who else mm-hmm. is on here? You know, if they see my face, you know, how, how open and, and wide open I felt like I would be, I, I felt it exposed. Mm-hmm. So if I was just on the phone and no one could see my face, um, I felt like I could probably participate and be very vulnerable, but I felt like once I showed my face, I was just bearing all, and it was a little more intimate, and one of my, I would say challenges, because I'm not going to own it as an issue, but one of my challenges was vulnerability in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in talking in that space about those things, I felt naked, mm-hmm. and, um, and so having my camera off kind of gave me some kind of barrier or, or buffer, like if I wanted to walk away, I could. Mm-hmm. When I camera on, I when I turned my camera on, I committed. And so now you would see me, you would see my face, you would see all of my expressions, you would see if I teared up. And I think that actually happened in that workshop. I remember it now. So having, yeah, I have the camera on, you know, allowed everybody to see just how vulnerable I was, just how hurt I was. Um, and I wasn't, in a sense, I wasn't ready for that, but in a sense I was because I was ready to move past that point in my life and to heal. Mm-hmm. That's such um, a good so, like analogy of like your vulnerability in relationships and then being able, like or wanting that option. To, that was the thing with you, right? Wanting that option to kind of like back up. If you needed to, like always, I'm like ready to pivot away. I mean, like now I have this image of like a basketball, um, like a basketball game where like you got the ball, you're always ready to like pivot away. And it's on, it's a, you're on the off. So when an offensive player in basketball has the ball, there's still a level of defense because there is somebody on defense trying to get the ball. And if they get the ball, they're now on offense and they easily switch to defense. And that's kind of how it felt, feels like in a relationship when you've got some anxiety. <laughs> like I have the ball, but I'm always a bit on the defense. I'm ready to pivot away from you at any moment because you might come and take it from me, take whatever the thing is from me. Absolutely. In, in my relationship, I, stayed on the defense. Mm-hmm. I stayed prepared for all the things that could go wrong. So I was ready to pivot. Yeah. That was my that was my word. <laughs> I was a pivoting fool, but um yeah. Pivoting it, even it, when it there's survived. nothing to pivot from. At that, you know, it's we're just pivoting. Well, well it was it was those perceived things and those things that I projected onto that person yeah. that I was always ready. I was heels and ready to make a move. Yeah. Um, and then to to group, I think that I think for someone that may have been a little apprehensive, I think some of the workshops and being able to hear the work and hearing how everybody else kind of feeds off of each other's comfortability mm-hmm. and can you know maybe then kind of get on camera 
it prepares you for group where you absolutely have to be on camera. So there were times where I didn't turn my camera on until the absolute last minute in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Even with the group. Mm-hmm. But then I got to a point where it's like, I'm in this and no one in this room is going to hurt me. So I'm going to get on here and bear all because the whole purpose is for me to get help. I love that because we can see it as those kinds of environments as like a lab, like where you have such a high probability of things going well for you that in, in like normal life, there's so many variables and there's so many opportunities for things to go wrong. And there's so many people that aren't in alignment with this kind of work. And so, and you really don't know, especially if there's people, if there's people that you don't have any type of relationship with, there's no, there's no like, there's no, there's no knowing like how someone might receive you or treat you. And so there's so many variables and that causes so much anxiety with so many people. But when you can come into like workshop or in group and stuff like that, where you know for sure that people have signed on for the same reason and who all need very similar things. So it helps to kind of like lubricate that system. And with that being said, I want to say this one thing before knock this misconception or rather this, um, uh, irrational fear out the way before we go into these other questions. Um, sometimes someone has the fear that someone, uh, I guess like, to even preface that, if you catching your thoughts about group workshop, being in spaces where people are doing this work, catching your negative thoughts about that are so helpful because they're the same negative thoughts that you're reflecting out into the world. So like if I'm about to come into mm-hmm. workshop and I'm thinking someone might you so I'm speaking right to what you're saying like if I think that someone might um see me tearing up and think something negatively about me what a great opportunity mm-hmm. to be to say now what in the world everybody on here click this thing to connect in this way to get help for exactly yeah. these kinds of things and if I am still, and I'm still hearing myself, which you will. I mean, that's the nature of the, that's like why we're in this work is because we have these thoughts that I still can catch myself thinking that someone's going to use this against me or someone's going to think something negatively about me or Mm -hmm. someone's going to laugh at me or, or Taylor's going to say, you shouldn't be crying about that. Whatever it is, that's you. Like, so what a great way to start this episode to just start with that. Like, that's such a good way for you to be like, wow. Even in a near perfect scenario, exactly what I need, exactly who can solve it, exactly the people who agree that this is a problem and who are all in agreement that they want to solve it too, with near perfect circumstances, still I get in the way. Wow, I feel like we're about to go in a circle. I don't know where we're about to take this episode because we haven't, y'all, we haven't gotten to the questions that I've written. But with that, what anything to say on that? Yeah, definitely. So when you're going through these type of relational issues and for as long as I have, like I'm just trying to 47. So I could say maybe for the last 15, 20 years, I've been dealing with it. So you, you kind of harbor this, um, I don't know if embarrassment is the right word, but you kind of harbor these feelings like, I don't want anybody to know. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you start thinking that, yeah, somebody's going to judge me. Nobody's as bad as I am. Nobody has been dealing with this for as long as I am. No one is as bad as I am. Mm-hmm. So you, you fear sharing that. And like you said, you think people are going to look at you. But the reality is everybody is there for the same reason in general. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe not specifically, but in general, everyone is there for the same reason. And I think you're able to shed a lot of those insecurities when you hear other people talk and you see yourself in them, just in different stages. Because a lot of the folks that were in some of the groups were younger than me. And I saw a lot of that that was in me even at their age, you know. And so it's just, you may be in different phases and stages of your life, and it may have infiltrated you that that fear um, a little deeper than others. But at the end of the day, it's the same. It's the same thing. And we're all there to get help. We're all there to be supported. And probably one of the best things about group was not a sitting back and listening to you and then you ask someone a question. It was because you put us in breakout sessions. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to, to ask each other questions and relate on um, a personal level with each other. Mm-hmm. That made group so much better. It made it that much easier when you build a rapport with those that are in groups. So now when we come back and I have to face that hard work, I know that person. And I know that person probably shares in some of the same pain as me. And I'm going to share because I want them to get better too. Mm-hmm. It becomes collaborative, right? So we bounce things off of each other. We share. And the more you share, the more somebody else is going to be willing to share. And that's what I saw happen in our group. Great. Thank you so much. Now question number one. Okay. What was happening in your life that told you you needed to seek some outside support at all? So just overall dissatisfaction um, with my dating life and my relationship history. Um, Some of the things that I picked up on or didn't really understand the root, let me say that, until watching like videos like yours or even reading posts like yours that explain this whole attachment theory, which I had no idea that that was such a thing. And when I started reading into a lot of things, I was able to kind of put a description to what I was either feeling or the things that I was doing. Mm. And so for me, tend to lean towards individuals that avoid commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're just focused folk in general or just avoiding commitment with me. And in the inverse, I would find myself detaching and pulling away from a healthy individual mm-hmm. because I didn't understand what the attachment felt like. Mm-hmm. It felt bored, felt noncommittal. Um, it, but it was, it, it, in the, in, compared to a toxic relationship, it felt boring. And just my relational fears in general um, that will cause me to shy away from connecting with a person deeply, you know, being vulnerable, being open, and um, projecting, like, my personal fears onto them. It was so much that I was doing, but I was always blaming the other person. Um, They were treating me bad, is what I was saying, or, you know, they weren't really into me, or they led me on. And so... After years and years of, of that, it's like, Tanika, you got to look back and see that you were the commonality in all of those things. And granted, you know, a person can be good, a person may not be good, but you had some hand in that some way. Whether you overlooked things that were happening or you were projecting um, my negative beliefs into those situations. Mm-hmm. So 
it was a lot of issues that I had that I was able, like I said, after hearing about attachment theories and listening to certain things, um, I was able to put a description to my behavior. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I realized that if I don't get a handle on this, if I don't understand um, not so much why, I mean, we talked about a lot of that, but at the end of the day, I needed to be able to identify my behavior and find a way to cope yeah. and to handle it differently. So, more positive outcome. So something that um, you're describing is like a distinct difference between coaching and therapy, which I think is significant. Where like you, you said that we don't we we, we get into the, the why, but it wasn't about going over and it wasn't like processing it. And I feel I use that word processing so much. We all at this point we're using the word processing all the time. But that that but it's it fits here. Right? We're like where it wasn't about processing all of these things. It was like okay, what like you just like you said, identify the behavior and we've got to do something different. And that's a distinct difference with coaching versus therapy. And you, you really, I think that that's just like a natural part of your mindset. Some people have a more difficult time, like getting into the more um, direct, like, like tapping into the more directive part of them. There's personality difference. There's, we we could make an argument for trauma responses. I don't think we would necessarily need to take it super deep all the time, but honestly, I think that it's just like part of your, the way that you go about things in general, like task oriented, more type A and those types typically like. Are, it's easier to get into like a coaching mindset where it's like, okay, just what is it? How do I identify it? And now every time I identify with it, I'm shooting it down like a laser and I'm going to do it the other thing instead. And that's literally what you do to get a different result. Like that's, that, that is what happens. It's just a matter of um, how effectively someone is going to do it, how open someone is to change. And something that we really had to focus on with you was changing your beliefs about men. And so one of the yeah. things we did early on, probably, do you think it was like, maybe like the second session? Was it the second session or was it, I don't think um, it was the first one. No, it wasn't. I want to say it was, it had to be the second or the third. Mm-hmm. And we were in that session, I think early on, we were talking about just my relationship experiences. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the clear distinctions here is we were not talking about situationship. We were really evaluating where there was mutual commitment from both mm-hmm. sides. And it, you have to distinguish the two. Yeah. Because after doing exercise, what I realized is my real, true committed relationships are not what states inform my negative beliefs. It was those mm-hmm. other relationships. Whoa! 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 I had to stop. Wait, wait, wait. I had to stop. <laughs> We have to stop here. Rewind. Mm-hmm. Rewind eight seconds. Can you please, yeah. please say it again? I'm not a big fan of the people that are always on Instagram. Like, say it again, read it again. But this one, we have to, we have to do it. Could you please say that again? Right. So when I one of the, one of the things I had to reflect on was how I came about uh, um, believing my negative beliefs about men and about love. And when I went back to do the litmus test against my list, I realized that a lot of the beliefs were formed based off of those situations that I was in, mm-hmm. not the true relationship I had where we both mutually agreed 
on what type of relationship we were having, mm-hmm. which means I had it. I realistically could have expectations of those folks. But when I went back and checked my list against them, a lot of my beliefs were um, formed based off of those situations and situationships mm-hmm. that I was, I was in. Mm-hmm. That's when my negative beliefs were formed, not from my truly committed relationship. Mm-hmm. What does that tell? And what it, does that tell us? How, what, how can someone? Because to me, it's just like setting off all of these alarm bells in my mind and I'm like yeah that is um, it's like the opening to 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 a lot of things okay I I can't go I can't go into all of the things that that means but could you tell could you tell me what that means to you that it was about that these beliefs came out of situationships and not mutual connecting relationships what does that mean to you right so it meant that I formed these beliefs based on people that I had no right to have expectations of in the beginning. Mm. So, again, I was expecting certain things from people that had not committed to me. We had we had no mutual commit, um, commitment. Mm-hmm. So, because of how things went with them, so them leaving, or in my mind, I'm doing my air quotes, and cheating, mm-hmm. they really weren't. We were not in a relationship. So, I realized a lot of the, the things that I believed about men and about how they operate in relationships were based on things where I were not I was not actually in a committed relationship with them. Honestly <laughs> we could end it all right there. We could stop it right there. Because if only if only that if people could just mm-hmm. get that part that's going to check. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just imagining. I'm just, I'm, I get very visual when I'm talking to people. It's just that you can't see what's mm-hmm. in my brain. But what I'm, what I see in my mind is just a sweeping wind just happened and just knocked over so many delusional thoughts in so many people's minds that are going to yeah. hear this. Because what Tamika is saying, y'all, for the third time, because it's so important, we're going to do it thrice, is that what, Negative, the negative beliefs we've said over and over again that beliefs impact the way that we behave in the world. What I believe about myself and what I believe other people think about me and what I believe about other people, that affects our behaviors. Okay. And if you've never heard that before, just think about that for three seconds. It only makes sense. It, it, it's the most like simple thing because it's true. It's true and it's simple that what I believe about myself, what I believe about other people, what I believe other people think about me affects how I behave in the world. So if I have have negative beliefs, you can apply that to any context, anywhere, ever, okay? So if what I believe about men, which is what Tamika's talking about, we did an exercise where she needed to write her beliefs about men. She's recognized that her negative beliefs about men came out of experiences with men who she was not in a mutual relationship with. And so what what I'm saying is that that should knock over a lot of delusional thinking and delusional not being like a not necessarily negative word as a fact. Delusion is when we make ourselves believe something is true when it's not true. And so what I'm saying is like this wind sweeping over delusional thinking is that if I can go back and think about all of this anxiety that I'm holding in my body, all this depression I'm holding in my body about these negative experiences in relationship, whether it's with a man or a woman, doesn't matter. Okay. If I hold this negative belief, if I look back and, and, and right, if I'm, not even looking back, if I'm being present with myself, the anxiety and depression I'm having about relational issues, is it in genuine mutual relationships 
or is it coming out of people who I wanted a relationship with and was not able to make make happen someone who I wanted a relationship with, but they did not want a relationship with me, someone who wanted a really, who I wanted a relationship with. And they said that they were thinking about it, but we never actually got there. And so things like that and whatever, whatever fits for you, what we're saying is that by just recognizing who you're believing these things about and what the context of the relationship is, that in itself can help to lift the fog off of our, your eyes. Okay. So when we lift, when we started to lift those fogs, what did, what did you recognize? What were some of those beliefs? Like in general, what were, we're just saying negative beliefs, but do you have any that kind of stand out to you that were especially detrimental for you? Um, if so, could you share them? And what did, what did highlighting these negative beliefs for you um, do for you? Sure. So some of my beliefs about men, um, and, and remember, I had to rewrite these, but it was all men leave, all men choose, all men are afraid to commit. Mm-hmm. So those were some of those that were negative. And I guess it's, well, and I do want to mention one thing, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why we even went down this path is because when I was explaining my true experiences with my, with my real committed relationship, and then you asked me on the fly what were my beliefs. And you told me you wasn't driving. You said, this, this is not driving. It's not adding up. Mm-hmm. You said, this is not adding up. You gave me a list of your experiences with these men. And it does not jive with these beliefs that you have. And that's what made me go do a deeper dive into it and really um, go deeper and, and try to explore what my thoughts were. Then you had me go back and say, disprove your beliefs. And that was hard for me because how could I disprove something that I told you that I so deeply believed, Mm -hmm. but I had to go back. And that's when I looked and said, a lot of these things were in common with my situations, not my real relationship. Mm -hmm. So when I went back to rewrite them, I ended up deleting a lot of things Mm -hmm. because they just were not true. Mm -hmm. So your charge was disprove it. Or no, your charge was to prove it, prove that these were were, were true beliefs, and I could not. There were a lot of them that some of them I did rewrite and say, okay, well, some that I've experienced mm-hmm. have done these things, but it's not all. Mm-hmm. And what it helped me is it helped me to realize that 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 was the epiphany I had. What I said earlier is that all of my negative beliefs, or the majority of them, stemmed from those. Those, those relationships that were not mutual mm-hmm. between myself and the other person. We did not have the same expectation or desire um, with each other. And um, so it allowed me to go back and really reread uh, what my thoughts were. I rewrote them. I deleted a lot of them. And it helped me to understand that there was an alternative way to think other than my, the belief that I had created in my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. That was what was powerful for me because I think this set the stage for me in my day-to-day life on the fly. If something negative came up, that I was open to an alternative to what that negative thought was. That so if I miss, if someone missed my call and I'm thinking, oh, maybe they don't want to talk to me. Oh, they're on the verge of breaking up with me. Instead, I'm thinking, well, let me offer myself another um, alternative to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's worked or maybe he didn't hear the phone ring. But at the end of the day, I was able to 
just kind of swatted those negative beliefs when it came up, or even negative thoughts as they came up, and offer myself something more realistic. And that helped me to to get through those particular situations. It's good, more realistic. How is it going so far? Great, great, great. If you, this is the first passing of the offering bucket, okay? If you're new here, we pass around the offering bucket every podcast. And that's for those who are getting something out of these podcasts and who want to give back and support in a monetary way. And I have Cash App, not Zelle, Cash App, Venmo, and PayPal. They're linked in the show notes as well, but on Cash App, the tag is dollar sign Tate Shand. Actually, I think they just made it so you don't have to type in that dollar sign anymore, which is good because why did we all have to type in the dollar sign on Cash App when everyone has one? Anyway, anyway, it's Tate Shand with the D on the end. And then on PayPal and Venmo, you can search the email address, which is taylor at threshcoach.com. Again, those things are linked in the show notes below as well. And I want to thank all of you who have given in whatever and all the kinds of ways that you have. So thank you a whole lot. I certainly appreciate it. Ooh, that was a lot in one breath-ish. <laughs> I think that was more than one breath. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. And another way to give back is also by writing a review. Okay, so if you're on Apple, that's super helpful. And on Spotify, rating and reviewing and subscribing and all those kinds of things. Especially if you keep coming back here week after week. Do something. How about that? How about just something like that? Like, if you're here week after week, do something. Like, if you haven't done anything, like, hit those stars. Like, it literally takes nothing. Hit those stars. If you come back week after week and you haven't done giving anything back, go ahead and hit those little stars. Okay? One, two, three, four, five of them. Right? If you've been coming week after week, go ahead and hit that subscribe button because you're, you're subscribed and just refuse to hit the button. Go ahead and press that button, you know? These are ways that we start to invest in what we're getting out of. Okay? I'm not going to get into that whole other podcast episode in this um, little ad here, but you know what I'm saying. Thanks for listening, and let's get back to the show. More realistic. More realistic. So it doesn't mean that you we we're not we're not going so extreme to say like hey just literally any negative thought that you have just totally throw it out and it's no there's no way that it's true that someone's thinking about breaking up with you that's not the point it's about right. being open to an alternative and that allows you to stay mm-hmm. soft in that moment for however long that yeah. moment might last because you're open to other possibilities than just your absolute most negative one and so you're we're saying that we're challenging these beliefs we're to prove them right. You end up realizing that you can't prove a lot of these negative beliefs right or that they need to be edited to include some people right. in certain circumstances, but not all people all of the time. And when we're able to see that it's right. not all people all the time, we're coming out of black and white thinking, coming into a more of a gray area and allowing the other person to have some input into their actual behavior which is what matters that someone else can actually define for you what it is that they were doing or what it is that they meant and that we're not putting that on them what what word that you used in particular I like and you said delete because you mean you literally had them you wrote them down and oftentimes I do tell people to put things on pen and paper I know that this was this was digital was on your phone and I tell people to do both like as long as we're writing them down um, when it comes to journaling, we're very pen and paper, but other things sometimes we're not. And so in that case, in the, with the beliefs, you literally had them like digitally like on your phone and you literally deleted them out. And mm-hmm. I, I'm pointing that word out because we have to remember that your, your brain is a computer and it is programmed. It's programmable. It is reprogrammable. It can be updated. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so yeah. when you delete 
negative beliefs out of your mind, when you correct them, you are recode, you are changing the code of your brain. And when you change the code, the output is different. I was thinking about it this morning. It's no, you know, I can't, you're just really making me go on all these side detours. I'm trying to stay focused. Tamika, but something I was thinking about this morning before we got on the before we got on our call today is I was thinking about how many people believe in the Instagram algorithm and spend all this time trying to figure out what they need to plug in in order to get a certain result, especially people. And I guess maybe I see it more often because I use Instagram for business. And so it's a conversation that a lot of people have that use Instagram for business. What are we doing with the algorithm? How has it changed? Use hashtags. Don't use hashtags. Post at this time. Don't post then. Don't edit. Do edit. All these things for different things. And I thought to myself this morning, how many people are so, and this isn't in general, it's probably a very specific context, online business people, okay, are so into the Instagram algorithm. I'm like, if only they could, if only people would be as interested in the algorithm in their brain. And that if you just pay mm-hmm. attention to how is it coded and see what kind of output you're getting, because your computer is just doing what it's coded to do. It's not, it can't do anything up, anything outside of its code, which is why you, it has to do a whole reset when you get a software update. Okay. It can't, cause it, cause it's gotta mm-hmm. be recoded and it can, cause it's, there's something in addition to what the code already was that needed to be added or deleted or readjusted, whatever. And now it can do whatever it was doing differently, or it can do more of, we can do something it couldn't do before, but it's gotta be recoded to do it. It can't just do it. And our brain, our brain is the same. Our brain is a, a, a better computer than the best, than the best computer that we in front of us, or the best computer is in us. And so when you change the code, you change, you get a different output. So I just wanted to point that out, that that word delete really sticks out because it, it's yeah. almost like literally that. You delete it and you get a different output. Right. Okay, back at the left it there and said, not true. Right. 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 But if I'm reread it, I'm rereading that same negative thing again. Mm-hmm. And I once I realized it wasn't true, I didn't want to be anywhere near it. So I deleted it because I don't want to read it again. I don't want to think it again. Mm-hmm. So um, that that was really the purpose. Like I wanted my, I really wanted what was left to really be the things that I needed to focus on and change um, my mindset about. And so once I disproved it, it was, it was, I had no use for it. So it was gone. <laughs> it was gone. I love that. We finished way earlier than expected. Okay. Um, I know you wanted to hang on. I said, no, too healthy. You have to go. (laughs) So um, I want to know what um, this fascinates people when people finish early. And for the, I want to put a disclaimer on this. It's not a competition. We're not the point. Reason why I point out when people finish early and I want to know their opinion on what it was, what it was for you, like how that, how we got there is not to, is not to, to try to rush people out of the process. That's not it. The point is that there is clearly a more effective way to go through this work than others. There just is. And so what I don't like, and I used to talk about this so much more often at the beginning of my practice, is how many therapists will just keep people in sessions for years. And I'm like, what? Like, you've got to move. You've got, the point is to get out and go and progress. You come back. I went back to therapy over and over and over again. I still would call her. If I need to, right? But the point is to progress and not be doing the same things again and again and again. Um, and so the reason why I right. pointed out is not to make it in any way like a rush, but it's to point out like what someone can do to try to or be mindful of to get through their work, maybe in a more efficient way, in a more effective way. So um, we finished way earlier 
what was most surprising about that for you and um, what was most surprising about it? And how did, how do you think that you made this um, easier on yourself? Okay. So one thing I equated how many years I was in this brokenness to how much time I would need to spend to come out of it on the other side. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. So I felt like because there was was so much work that needed to be done and unraveled, I'm thinking, I got to get in here and make this as efficient as possible so I don't go over the 12 weeks. I was just thinking that I got to make the most of each session every minute because I know that I'm going to need 12 plus sessions in order to get to the bottom of, you know, my issues. So what was surprising was the fact that we finished early. That that in itself was surprising. And um, it was surprising that I, we found this breakthrough in, were we in our sixth session or the seventh maybe? I can't remember exactly, mm-hmm. but it was it was just so soon that, you know, you, you said to me that you understand this and that you were, you know, you utilizing the tools appropriately and there was really nothing else for me to do except to repeat that mm-hmm. every day in every yeah. situation. And it was surprising for me because I expected I expected it to take so much and to be so, I don't want to say difficult, like it was work, Mm -hmm. but I just expected it to be gut-wrenching and Mm -hmm. um, just take so much time and crying and just being myself down. I just thought it was going to take so much more to get to the side and to understand how to really cope Mm -hmm. and to to show up in in the way that, I was okay with. I was sad as well mm-hmm. because, um, I mean, Taylor, you're a great person to have conversations with, but I was sad because I realized how long I've been in that state of brokenness mm-hmm. and that I put it off because I thought how much work it was going to be and it was going to take so much time and no one could help me. Mm-hmm. I was sad because I lived in that state for so long when there was actually something that I could do to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I was happy that I got into a place where I know how to cope. I know how to show up the way I want to. And the same time, I was sad that I waited so long mm-hmm. to do it. Um, so I'm happy that I was able to, you know, to make it through and have that particular breakthrough. Um, the surprising thing, again, is just, I just never thought that it would come so fast. Mm-hmm. I just thought it would be years yeah it was fat it was session six it was surprising for me when people when I started this work and as I got better at it and I learned like okay I got the flow I got it I got it I got it it shocked me I and then when I started to send people home early like sending people home from school you know when you like you'd be in like school and like your parent will come pick you up early and it'd be like early dismissal or be like a, we used to have rainy day dismissals and then um, it'd be like rainy day dismissal and everybody gets to go home. And like, that's what I feel like I do. Like when we're done with this work, I'm like, it's it's early dismissal. You get to go home. And part of me at the beginning when that started to happen, cause it didn't start like that. As I got better, my clients got better. And so I was like, 
no, am I, am I misreading it? Am I misreading it? And people would say things like you said, like many others do, which is like, are you sure? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I want to keep going because I don't want things to fall apart. I wanted to, and that, and I'd be like, I'm, and I would just be, I'd have to go with that heart thing, my gut thing. I'd be like, no, I'm, when I, I remember when I told I was like, I, cause it wasn't that long ago. But I was like, no, really, you're fine. Like, it's there's our conversation is not going to be different. You're going to be doing the same thing again and again. Just do that. And I was thinking, am I misreading it? Am I off? Like, are people going to start coming back in like 30 days being like, oh, my gosh, you got me hyped. And then I went out here. Everything fell apart. Nothing is working. My life is back to before, worse before I started. Like, I was like, oh, my God. But then what I was seeing was, no, everybody was really, truly fine. So, I'm not gonna, so I have to say that I'm not sure if up until I got into this niche that people really were like what's the opportunity really there to go this fast I don't know I haven't met the person who's moving people that quickly and who's getting clients aligned clients in that way to where we're able to just move this thing like this it's still surprising to me I think you can hear it in my voice I'm like whoa this thing really works this is great but um I so it's surprising for you and it's surprising to me, it does seem like, wow, with all of these things that you, that it would take, um, if anything, I would say, I mean, even being generous, I think a good guess would be like, okay, how long have you, how long have you been going through this? 20 years. Okay. Let's at least, let's maybe do 50% of that in healing. And that would be a good result, <laughs> like 50% of that to, to try right. to get out of it. And that would be good, but we're taking it down to like a percentage of a percentage of a percentage of a percentage and so um, right. I think that has to do with a lot of the thing of just being like, okay, the coaching aspect of it's this, it's not that it's um, if you go this way, you'll get this result. If you go that way, you'll get that one pick, right? Just pick. And when you keep picking, right, you keep getting a good result. And so in that way, I have to say, it's not surprising when you know what to look for and when you know what to do. And when there's trust in the relationship to say like, okay, I'm going to try it, I'm going to do it. And then you believe in the results that you're seeing. So in that case, it starts to be very unsurprising. Um, right. So it's an interesting kind of thing there. But I want to know, I have a question, how do you deal with the, that conflict or that the conflicting feeling of six weeks and then six weeks? Like, how do you, how do you deal with the, um, I did do, I, I was in this thing for as long as I was and now I'm not. And there's some sadness to it. What can you tell people who um, are experiencing the same thing or who might experience the same thing on the other side of it? I got you. So I think the the first part of it um, in regards to some of the sadness is I felt like if we stopped, we're going to backslide. I felt the um, the positivity, the, the the goodness of that breakthrough, and being able to cope and deal um, with myself whenever I had a trigger that I was afraid that I wouldn't sustain it. And I think that was one of the first things I said was, "Well, can we?" still meet like 30 minutes once a month because my whole point is I've learned this this thing and it's good and I'm afraid that I won't commit to it or I'm afraid that I won't be consistent with it and that was some of um, some of the sadness as well is that I was worried I was going to backslide mm-hmm. my old behavior um, but how I'm coping with that is I think the, the first thing is we did have one session. Yeah. And I think even I realized in it that 
I have to stop being afraid that I have to, um, you know, I committed throughout the process to be open to your teaching, to be open to your coaching and to do the things that, and use the tools that you've given me. I have to be committed to continuing to do that. And coming to a meeting with you once a month does give me some accountability, but it doesn't mean that I, you know, I won't commit in the way that I, that I should. And so I had to make that commitment to myself that I would continue to operate in a way that would allow me to show up as my best self. And so I, as much as I enjoy talking to you, I would like to reserve that if I, if I have a true issue or a different issue um, versus making it somewhat of an accountability checkpoint. Mm-hmm. I just have to wake up every day and commit to using the tools that you, that you provided me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I'm able to deal with it now is that I'm showing up for myself in way that I want to. Yeah, the bottom line is if you weren't doing it on your own, then there's then at some point the the presence of the other person is 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 keeping is keeping the individual from seeing what they are able to do, and that's my issue with people right. who are in codependent relationships with their therapists and coaches that the therapist or coach won't remove themselves. That's their, that's our responsibility to say, hey, enough is enough in a good way. <laughs> enough is enough. And I have to go. That means you need to leave. <laughs> I'm going to go this way. You could go that way. And we know. And it's and it, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a symbolic of secure attachment. That hey, we've done what this is what our relationship is for. The relationship function mm-hmm. has ended. Like the function of of the relationship for this season is over. And now if we are to re-engage, it needs to be like, we need to have a, a there, there are new terms to our agreement in terms of like how we're relating to each other, or what we're, what it is that we're working on. There are new terms in that regard, not like policy and procedure, but like in terms of like how we're relating to each other, there are different terms. But if I don't, if I don't, if I don't take the responsibility seriously of letting somebody actually do it, then I've made myself too important. And that's a problem. <laughs> Um, so we've got to be able to leave each other and also to know that, yeah, if something is to come back up, you can come, you can reach back. And that's the symbolic, the symbolism of secure attachment that I'm here, you're there. We are the, the, to continue the relationship in that way wouldn't be appropriate because it doesn't fulfill it. it, It's not, we're not, you're good. Right. But, and if we do ring it, but we can, we're here. And if we do need to re-engage, we can come to that decision together to do that. Um, and it's just, it's a healthy separation. Um, but it can be scary, yeah. I think, for someone to walk away and say, like, well, am I going to be able to maintain it all? And so, yeah, we do. We can do 30-minute sessions. And then still sometimes someone just really doesn't need those 30 minutes. And we can just see, you know, we just let life happen otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. For you to, for you to have lived, you know, broken for so long and then to come into this this um, coaching relationship and to make such a positive change that you know you feel good in that and it's hard to let that even that part go you know you 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 wonder if you you become dependent upon that and the reality is you gave us the tools you helped us to break things down and see things differently um, but you also gave us the tool you didn't you didn't just say, come here and you'll feel good in this hour that you're with me. And then now you go back out to the world until you come back to me and you won't feel this good again. 
but you mm-hmm. gave us the tools for us to be able to come and to change that that reality for us every single day of the week versus um, being dependent upon coming into a session with you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, we have to take away from that, that we have absolutely, we're equipped with what we need to go out in the world and be the person that we want to be. Yeah. My therapist had to, um, she's, she showed me that. And so, because I think she showed me that, and my mother is also like that. I think the, that was something that, um, it's interesting. I think, oh gosh, I can't, we can't do this for another hour, but I'm going to slide this in here because this is going, it was just, this was a really beautiful episode that we're doing. But I think that some, sometimes like the, um, I think for a lot of anyone, whatever, regardless of gender and, but we find something in our therapist that is parental and something in mm-hmm. my therapist that was not just her, she is very parental just as like a her her character and when i say parental i mean like in that kind of like ideal idealistic way right and unfortunately we kind of get like the best parent part of a good therapist like during our session with them like their their best the best parent the best parenting is in therapy (laughs) like it's like the most ideal kind of like parent sort of relationship (laughs) and something that I think that my mom does uh well that my therapist does well is to say well what can you do um, it helps to build someone's autonomy when we are able to say, like, okay, like, I can give this to you, but please do not rely, not even please, you cannot actually rely on me to be here every single time you need to use this tool. I'm going to be here while you, you while you learn to use it, and then, but now you can use it. And by you calling on me all of the time to help you to use what I already know that you can use is actually a problem. And the and there's an unhealthy part of us that is very, and because and, that is an adult, it's our child part. Because I had it with my therapist when she was like, Taylor, no, seriously, you're good. And I cried. <laughs> I cried. And it's like someone's telling you, like, seriously, all right, like, it's really fine. You don't need, please, don't keep giving me your money. Like, you really need to go live your life. <laughs> and I cried because, and same thing I would do with my mom when she'd be like, Taylor, you can go do, I'd be like, cry, cry, I'm crying. Because I don't want to leave the I because we like we like it. It's comfortable. It feels good for someone to do something for us. To do something that's so hard for us. That's t- telling us, teaching us, guiding us, and we can get. But we can get too comfortable in that um, in the learner seat that we mm-hmm. don't realize that we can actually run the course ourselves. Um, so anyway, I have right. to say about all of that and how to do that in a healthy way. Um, because if I really were to give all of the details of how to do it in an unhealthy way, we would hear some parents too, right? Like I gave, gave child too much responsibility and no guidance. That's the extreme y'all. But what I'm talking about is the principle of like essentially like delegating someone's own life back unto them to say, you gave this part to me to help you with. And now I'm going to give it back to you. It was always yours. You have to maintain this. What is the most important piece of advice you want listeners to walk away with? Get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. Um, and what I mean by that is, is when you're ready to work with someone to help you navigate these relationship issues, get out of your own way. Um, don't come in with preconceived notions. Be open to the work. Be open 
you know, to the coach. Um, just don't stand in, don't stand in the way. Don't try to be combative with what the person is telling you. Um, you know, really listen and do the work. Get out of your own way because if you're committed and you're open to it, it will work. Because all of this is fixable. It all is fixable. All of it is. And so you just have to get out of your own way and allow that person to coach you and to guide you and um, to help you to uh, to work through these particular issues that you may have. Um, just get out of your own way and, and let them help you. That, that's the only thing that I could that I could say. Um, and if you are if you are unsure, there is so much, so many resources, especially that Taylor has, where if you're not sure, if you're hesitant, utilize the resources that are out there. Posts, live um, workshops. There's a lot of free workshops that Taylor offers. That way, you can get some insight into not only the work but um, this wonderful person on the other end that will help you. And then invest in yourself. Join the group and, and then join one-on-one. Um, so get out of your own way and invest in yourself because there is um, a positive end to this. You do not have to live in this anxiety um, with these um, fears that you have. You do not have to live that way. Thank you so much, Tamika, for sharing everything with us today. I'm so happy for you. And I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this episode. So I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, y'all, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Tamika, for sharing that with us. I appreciate y'all. We're going to be back next week. We're almost done with the whole season. Okay, we're almost done with the whole season. Here's a second passing around of the offering bucket. Cash at PayPal and Venmo are the ways that you can throw five or ten or whatever is on your heart. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you all for supporting. And for those of you that at the break took that second to do that, I appreciate you. If you keep coming back for more, go ahead and subscribe and write a review so people can know what they're getting into. I'll see you next week.